0: And now here are your hosts, Katie Beth and Stan. Welcome to the Legacy Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Stan Miller. My guest today is the president of Safe Money Solutions, Michael Clannon. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Stan, for having me. Great. Great to have you. So, Michael, you know, I know I've read a little bit about you, and what I've learned, one of the things I know about you is that you were once upon a time an educator before you got into the financial services space. So I want you to tell me a little bit about what motivated you to make the transition
1: from being an educator into becoming a financial advisor? Well, Stan, actually, I'm still an educator. I never get away from education. So that's always my top priority, you know, when I'm working with clients is I'm just an educator, educator, glorified educator who gets paid a little more. So, yes, I did start in the classroom. I taught for 6 years. I was working in an elementary school. I taught second grade and then 5th grade. And then I actually went on to get my master's in school administration. I always told myself though, if it became a job, I would leave because I worked with a lot of older people who felt like they could not get out because they've had too many years, but they were very unhappy. So, you know, six years was like a stint that I did and I was ready to move on. And actually I transitioned into working with educators through their retirement plans, the 403B through the teacher association. Now, if anybody knows educators, and you know, I can talk about them because my wife is still one. Educators do not think about thirty years down the road; they're thinking about today. They're thinking about little Johnny in the classroom and what are issues that are going to arise. They're not thinking about long term. So, I did make the transition from educators to you know working with the general public, business owners, and that over time. So, I've been doing that since two thousand four. So, I've been in the financial world. Since 2004.
0: So, so I noticed from your website uh, and from uh, you know, the kind of work you do with clients, protecting wealth, uh, reducing risk. You know, I, I got the real sense that that's a real theme in
1: the work you did. It, it is. Actually, I was a financial advisor in my previous slide, but you know, Stan, I got tired of seeing my clients lose money. And, you know, we only know what we know. From you know, hearing about it, learning about it, but a lot of people don't know that there are other alternatives to risking your money. So as a financial advisor, and any financial advisor in that case, they have the license to lose your money, if you think about it. So I don't hold that license anymore. So I'm a protector of wealth, creator of wealth, that's kind of what I call myself, because the things that I offer clients are things that they can't lose money but they have the upside potential. So again, the professionals that people work with, they don't explain this to them. Number one, they either can't do it or they don't even know about it themselves. So I'm just taking that message to clients and saying, hey, in your retirement years or as you get close to retirement, you should not be risking your money. But that's all what people know. They don't know that there is a different strategies and solutions. So we're having this conversation
0: today when we're at some point, hopefully on the Maybe on the backside of this banking crisis, you know, you know, Silicon Valley Bank went under, uh, Signature Bank went under. You know, uh, there's some other banks that have had some challenges. They've had to go figure out how to find money. We've had a what a, I guess we would have to describe at least as a period of enhanced uncertainty over the last, you know, what three or four weeks. And I'm really curious how that period of uncertainty has impacted. The conversations you're having with clients and prospective clients.
1: Well, you know, I am having a lot more conversations. People are uncomfortable. they don't know what to do. Here's what I tell people: A bank is not a place to keep your money. It's where you need to keep your emergency money, but only enough, you know, for three to six months, but you should have other places where it's not at risk, because there is a risk to having it in the bank. A couple of things. Number one, is your money even working for you? OK? And number two, people don't understand how the banking system works, how money works, but banks, make they are a for-profit business. And how do banks earn their money? Stan, they lend yours and my money out. Now, if I come in and deposit some money and you come in behind me, they're going to charge you an interest. But here's the question, Stan, how much are banks making off of yours and my monies? Do you have any idea how what percent do you think? You know, if, let's just say they loan you monies at seven percent.
0: How much? Yeah it's, a, yeah, it's some multiple. Yeah, you know, if they're paying me one or two percent, you know they're what tripling or quadrupling, right?
1: Right. So they're thinking. So that's what people tri- people think. Oh, well, they're making seven percent, but they have to give me just a little for letting me letting them use my money. But in actuality, Dan, Steve, sorry, Steve banks are making anywhere from 500 to 1,600% on our money. Why? Because they're using our money. They have no risk. So the thing is, like you said, with the bank's problems, and I think we're just at the start. You know, it, During the depression, there were a lot of banks. There were over, not, I think I, there were 9,000 banks that went out of business during the depression. Now, in, if we compare that to insurance companies, I believe it was a, a, right around 200. Went out of business due to the depression or some as a result of the depression, maybe. And that. So the thing is, I tell people a bank is not where you want to put your money. So that is one of my strategies is how, where can we put our monies so we have access to it, but where it's growing safely? And there are insurance based products that allow us to do that, where they're tax free, income tax free, and legacy tax free. So without getting too deep in the weeds
0: on, on specific products, could you talk a little bit about some of the things that, you know, that are like your primary go-tos in making recommendations to clients?
1: Well, so being independent, I'm not tied to any company. So that, that is one of the things I could never understand is how a captive, let's just say a captive advisor with a company, okay, and they only offer their products. The question is: Are they doing a service or disservice? Because they only can offer those things. So I'm not tied to any one company. Uh, companies don't come to me and say I have to send them business. It's all based on the clients. It's all based on their situation, what they're trying to do, if they need income, if they need growth, and that. So the types of things that I'm doing is life insurance, whether it's for death benefit, living benefits, meaning they can access the death benefit. While they're alive for things like healthcare or income, or as a banking tool, instead of the traditional bank, we can create our own family banks and then annuities. So, between life insurance and annuities, and then I bring in experts in the areas that I'm not an expert in, for example, legal, right? I would bring somebody like you in to work with clients, you know, or an auto home person or Whoever is needed for that situation. But I have a team of people, but I'm like the quarterback. You know, I want to make sure my clients are taken care of and I vetted all these people. In fact, most of them are I'm clients of myself, but I never recommend any clients that either I don't own or my parents don't own. I'm a true believer. I have to be a, a consumer of the things that I offer clients because I'm not selling clients anything. I want them to buy something because they see it solves a a problem either now or in the future. Right. One of the things that
0: I think we all know is that unless you're super rich, one of the risks that you have is the cost of nursing home care. Mm -hmm. How do you address that with your clients?
1: Well, so again, because my focus is insurance-based philosophy, everybody comes to me and they have 100% of the risk whether it's financial risk, whether it's a tax risk, whether it's a long-term care or healthcare-related risk. So they have the risk on themselves personally. So what I'm able to do is I'm able to transfer that risk from them personally and put it on insurance companies. So insurance companies are on the hook if they go into the nursing home. If they want guaranteed income the rest of their life, even when their accounts go to zero, it kicks out the income just like a private pension. So we create private pensions. So I'm all about taking the risk of families and putting on third parties, which is aka insurance companies. And what I tell people, Stan is, you don't have to love insurance. I don't love insurance, but I love what it does. So there are easy ways to mitigate risks such as you know needing health care either for in-home care, assisted living, or eventually nursing home, okay, that we can immediately to leverage our clients' dollars immediately with a signature of a contract, and it gives them a bigger pool of money. So they have that access to go through that pool of money versus spending their own money. Because the whole thing about this is how do we leave our families not destitute? And if we're going to pass on things like financial or, or monies, what is the most tax efficient way or even tax free way to do that? And that is through insurance, right,
0: yeah, that's a much better solution, I think and I say this, you know you know as you know, I'm a practicing attorney, and we do a fair amount of Medicaid planning in our practice, but the Medicaid planning solutions that law firms offer, in my opinion are are significantly inferior mm-hmm. to the power of an insurance solution, so in our view, you know we always tell clients the better solution is the insurance solution if you can qualify
1: for it. And is you not. That is family. the that is the thing is we want to put things in place for the what ifs in life. Because there will be some what ifs and life. Thing is you have to have these in place before your health changes. You can have as much money as you want, but if you don't have your health, a lot of these things are off the table. You can't qualify.
0: Right. So you're relegated to the worst options, which are the legal Medicaid planning solutions like a Medicaid right. asset protection trust, right? But Right, you know, But our view is that you should only be doing that kind of planning if you have overshot the runway and no longer qualify mm-hmm. for the insurance options for sure. So, Michael, you know, one thing I noticed is, you know, you're an active member in the Legacy Leaders Network that tells me that your way of looking at what you do, your way of looking at your practice, look, your way of looking at your clients, it takes you and takes the conversation you have with them beyond just the purely financial. Oh,
1: speak yeah. of that. Yeah. So I am a certified financial fiduciary. Now, you know, most people hear fiduciary, which is tied to a financial advisor, which means that they're supposed to act in your best interest and all that. Well, as an insurance agent, I couldn't call myself a fiduciary because I wasn't recommending financial products, but I came across this certification. It's called a certified financial fiduciary. And basically it's all the things that I've done all this time, you know, as far as doing what's right in the, best interest of the client before my own interest. Okay, So my approach is holistic. Now, what does that mean? Just like you said, a financial advisor is only going to look at their financials. They could care less what insurance products you have. But here's the thing. It's hard for me to separate a person in different segments, like just looking at one thing, because it all comes back to their assets as far as protecting these things. So we don't have you know, for example, the long-term care protected, it's going to come out of their assets. But again, financial advisors, you know, once those assets are gone because they're not putting them in insurance-based products, which are like annuities, those assets are gone. They've depleted them. So again, going back, I want to make sure my clients are going to continue to get this income for the rest of their life. And, you know, we're putting the risk on the insurance companies. So, their risk is that they're going to live to 8,900, 120 now, you know, but they're still going to get that paycheck. They're never going to run out of things. And then on the back end, we put things in place that's going to replenish those assets they went through. So, I give my clients permission to go through their assets because we have a plan that's going to replenish all those assets or more, which is life insurance. So, their family's going to get this windfall of death benefit that they can use to continue the process. So when you think about legacy, you know, when you have legacy conversations
0: with clients, what are those about? What, what are you hearing from clients? Because I've always thought, you know, in my experience as a, an estate planning attorney, it's not just about the money, right? It's about a lot,
1: a lot more than that. It isn't. And, you know, i listened to your book, so which it goes into everything that I talk about, but then beyond, you know, because like you said, it's more than just their financials, right? What is their virtual legacy as far as what are the things that they want to pass down, whether it's traditions or new stories, even, you know, because we want these to carry on and continue. So the following generation continues the same things and that. So I think there's, when people think of legacy, they just think of the financial side. Again, I want clients to think in all different aspects. Again, The conversations I have with clients are no conversations they've ever had with one advisor, okay? Because I need to know where they are, where do they want to be, and how do they want to leave things, whether it's financial, whether it's, you know, like the things in your book, stories and traditions and, you know, all that. So that's just an added layer that I'm starting to add with clients, you know? Because that is important to them. And if you're going to leave things, why not leave them the way you want? And that even goes with legal plans. You
0: know, it it totally does. does. It It
1: absolutely does. It totally does.
0: Isn't that the fun part, too? Those conversations are the best. They are. They are. So- you know, I know you've been at this a while. You've got a lot of time left in your career. You're still a young guy, I but know. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so uh, I like to think of myself that way too. By the oh, way. so yes, you do look young too. So looks uh, are
1: one thing, but feeling is a different.
0: Yeah, no, it is for sure. Yeah, so yeah, I just I had cataract surgery recently, and so I'm wearing glasses to hide my black eye, so you can see that. yeah. Um, my wife said, looked at me, and she said, "Well, what happened to the other guy? What's he look like?" You know? Right. So, but. You know you've probably had you probably in moments you've maybe reflected on my next question, which is uh, looking at what you've done, looking at what you're gonna do in your career, and, and beyond just your career professionally, what is it that you hope
1: your legacy is? You know, my legacy, if I was to sum it up in one word stand, it's love. That's all it is. It's family, it's my kids, it's my parents, it's future. It's the future grandchildren, great-grandchildren. So that has always been my, my word. And that is a word that I even use with clients because I love my clients. What I do is not a transactional sale, right? I am in the business as a relationship. This is a relationship, but it's not just a relationship with my immediate client. It's the relationship with kids and grandkids. You know, So I'm looking at that long term. I don't know if I'll ever retire. Just like you probably will never retire. You'll probably be doing some form or fashion. It may not be full time, but you know, I think there's a need for the types of things that I do with clients. And, you know, I tell clients this and prospective clients, you know, I have the cookie jar, but nobody knows I have the cookie jar. Right. They don't know there's somebody out here like myself that's looking at them as You know, you realize most of my clients are my parents' age. So, I am treating my clients exactly like I treat my parents, you know. And if I have that philosophy, I know I'm always doing something in the best interest of my clients. And I can sleep at night. Yeah, that sleep at night is pretty pretty important, isn't it? Right, it is. I can sleep at night knowing that I did right and I made somebody's situation better from the result of the things that we implement. Now, it always comes back to the client, right? I can show them lots of things, but they have to make that step to put it into practice because until it's into practice, it doesn't mean anything.
0: Michael, I love having conversations with people that really care about the clients they serve. I just want to make sure that I've asked all the right questions. Are there any questions I haven't asked, any comments Let me say any wisdom or insights that you have to share that uh, I haven't prompted you to to say yet.
1: Well, I mean, when I talk to people, clients, prospective clients, you know, you can tell a lot about a person, and I am passionate about what I do. I mean, because it, it comes out and people tell me, you know, that I'm passionate about what I do, and I believe it's important, it's, you know, I don't know how you say it, but I just want to be a resource, but more than that, I want to be a partner in my clients' legacy planning. And because I know that they aren't doing it. You know, when somebody comes in my office, Dan, I already know what they're doing. Why? Because everybody else is doing it. So let me give you an example. When you get a job, right, we're told to get a 401k or 403b or IRA, right? But just because everybody's doing it, does that mean it's right? That's just what people know because they've been told, they've, been, they've learned, but they really don't know what they're doing as far as they don't know what they're investing in. But the biggest thing is they don't know what the ramifications are later on. First of all, who wants to put money away that they can't touch for 30 years? They lose control of that money. I want my clients to have control of their situation, whether it's financial or anything else. I want them to be in control. And so I'm putting the control back into my clients' hands, where they can sleep at night. Right? We don't have to worry. And I'm not saying we don't do anything in the market or they don't keep money. I'm just saying they know that at least we have all the bases covered. So the what if the what if happens, which it will, right? You will get, you know, you will lose money. You will gain money, but you also lose money, right? Your health is going to change, whether you like it or not. Taxes are going to go up, whether you like it or not. Those are things that we don't have control of in the traditional sense of what people are doing. But all those things you do, you can't be put in control where we don't have to worry about what the market's doing because our everything that we do is not invested in the market, right? I don't have that license to lose money, clients money. We don't have to worry about where taxes go because we're using vehicles that are tax free and will never be taxed again. You know, so again, it, it does come back to control and clients appreciate that.
0: <clears throat> and going back to your comment about being an educator, I, I know that that's really, a, that's going to be a real skill set that comes in handy because there's such a huge educational component in that and just getting clients up to speed on how these
1: tools really work. Right. So it is a process you know, for, I'm just going to say probably on average with one client, I'm putting in 30 to 40 hours before we even do anything. Now, everybody else is just trying to sell them a product or service. And it's a one and done thing, right? There's no relationship. There is no continuation generationally, you know, so I map out my client's strategy and solution. So they know, why are we doing this? What problems does it solve? And what are some strategies that we have to implement in order to get there? And But biggest, how do we leverage, if we're talking about money, how do we leverage money so we can use it multiple ways at multiple times? And again, that goes back to insurance. You don't have to love it, right? You just have to love what it does.
0: Right. Yeah. It's not something you have to believe in, right?
1: But it is, so a lot of, it is a lot of education. I mean, that's yeah. really 95% of my time is educating clients. Because until the client understands why we're doing certain things, we don't jump through the hoop or to the step to actually implement till they understand the big picture, not just a few pieces of the puzzle. We need to see the big picture so they understand how this is beneficial to them and their family. Michael, I love it. That is a terrific approach. You know, I haven't talked to any of
0: your clients, but I bet if I did, I'd get some pretty positive comments from them. Yeah. Michael, it's been a pleasure spending time with you today. This is the Legacy Leaders Podcast with your host, Stan Miller. My guest today was Michael Clannan. If you'd like to find out more about Michael and the work he does, you can visit safemoney123.com. Michael, thank you so much for being on the show today. I
1: really appreciate it. Thanks for I appreciate it.
0: You've been listening to the Legacy Leaders Podcast with Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller. For more information on them and the show, please visit PinnacleLegacyLaw.com. If you like what you've learned today, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.